Thank you, everybody. I got a lot to cover tonight, so I want to jump right in. Uh, this is week number three. Um, why is this not sitting right? Here we go. Um, there's going to be at least two more weeks to this. Okay, now listen, listen, listen to me, please. You guys are the Wednesday night crowd. The Wednesday night crowd is different than the Sunday crowd. Okay, the Sunday crowd comes to church so they could feel good I went to church. You guys come tonight because you really want to press into the word. Now, now listen to me, I recognize that. But what I also need you to recognize, Joanna, you're sitting on the wrong side. You usually sit over there. Okay. You guys throw me off when you sit in different seats. But here's, here's why this is so significant. What is the topic of conversation continuously now throughout our society, amongst yourselves, in your family? It's health issues. Health issues. It's about the vaccines. It's about the viruses. It's about all these other things. This is going to prove to be a tremendous asset in the body of Christ. This is the way that we're going to be able to speak to individuals that didn't want to hear about God before. Because some people are, 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 there's so much fear right now. Do you guys realize that? And we know that fear doesn't come from God, right? He's not giving us the spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. And right now, people are losing that sound mind. Because they're saying, what are we doing here? We're getting vaccinated and people are still getting sick. Uh, You know what I'm saying? So there's a lot of confusion. There's a lot. And, And you see right now, you see the empty seats that are here? That represents somebody that should have been here to hear this. So at the very least, please, especially these next couple of weeks. Next week, God willing, and I believe he is, I'm going to finish this tonight because this is going to lead up to next week. Next week, we're going to talk about the different methods of either receiving healing or administering healing so that you'll be equipped, okay? And that equipment is going to start tonight, but we're going to pick up on it next week. Are you you listening to me? (laughs) Then the week after that, what we're going to do, again, God willing that we get through next week the way we should, okay? Then we're going to talk about the hindrances, why some people don't receive their healing. Okay? Because that's important too. Because the truth of the matter is sometimes we pray for people and they don't receive or don't receive right away. Or sometimes we don't receive. And so we need to know what does the Bible say about this? What are the obstacles that stand in our way? And it's not always, well, the person didn't have enough faith. That's not always the case. Okay, so we'll talk about it. I don't want to get ahead of myself. We'll talk about that in a couple weeks. But I'm, I'm telling you this, like, to give you the incentive, please reach out to someone and bring them. And it's not so much because I need to see the seats filled, although every pastor wants to preach to a full house. That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is every person that comes and receives this, and I believe especially tonight is going to be more impartation than it is going to be information. Okay, and we'll talk about that maybe in a little bit. Okay, you need to bring somebody here. All right, many, many years ago, when I first got born again, I was probably mo- mo- like most of you. It couldn't, you couldn't shut me up. Everybody I came across, I wanted them to know what was going on. And so my very best friend at that time was a doctor, a medical doctor. He was a chiropractor. And, and he would say to me, at one point he said to me, Joe, please, I've had enough of this stuff, this born-again stuff here. I don't want to hear it anymore. And I said to him, Jim... If you all of a sudden stumbled upon the cure for cancer, would you keep it to yourself? I said, no, you'd you'd go and run and tell every single person that you could that you discovered this. I said, well, guess what? 
I found the, the spiritual answer to spiritual cancer, okay? And you and I need to, we can't keep it to ourselves. Are you getting this? Now, you're here tonight, and I'm glad you're here tonight. But please, I pray to God that you didn't just come here tonight to just get fatter on information, okay? It's great that we get information, but we're receiving information, especially in this series that we're doing, so that we become empowered to minister healing either to ourselves, to our family members, to your coworkers, your neighbors, anybody that you come across. Why? Because that's the thing right now. People are scared. Don't you, don't you see how awkward it is when you meet people now today? They look at you like, okay, are you going to hug me? Are you not? Are you going to come? Are you going to be, you know, give me some personal space? You know, it's just there. Let's not ignore it. Let's take advantage of it. And this, I'm telling you, this came out in that evangelism weekend that we had a couple weeks ago. The healing now is going to be the thing. Instead of us like years ago, well, hi, do you know that God has a great plan for your life? That doesn't work anymore. But when a person is scared, when they're afraid that they're gonna get sick, when they've already had symptoms, when they're already going through chronic illness, that is a great way for you to introduce the healer. Are you getting this? All right, let me do a real quick review and we'll get on on board with the rest of the material for tonight. We're good? Okay, so uh, are you gonna bring somebody next week? Are you going to bring somebody next week? Now, you say, well, they don't live around here. Then get them on YouTube and get them to watch these from the... Well, is it audio? Guys, is it audio on, 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 the, on the archive, on, on our media page? All right, so they can at least listen to the last couple of weeks. Okay, so we've been studying the fact. The biggest emphasis we started out this series with was this. Is that who I think it is? Everybody say hi, Keisha. We'll talk after service. Thank you for interrupting this. Now I got to get everybody's focus back on here again. Okay, so everybody, come on, look over here. Okay. Now listen, we started the series emphasizing the fact that when, you rem- when a person is aware of the fact that their sins have been forgiven then they can also be aware of the fact that once sin has been forgiven, sickness and disease no longer has legal right on an individual who is born again with the Spirit of God in them, right? We talked about this at length. You remember uh, in, in the Gospel of Mark, we talked about Jesus is in the house, he's preaching. These four friends bring this man, lower him in front of Jesus through the roof. How many remember the story? Okay. And they lowered him down. And what did Jesus say? Jesus did not say to the paralyzed man, you're healed. Jesus said what? Jesus. Say it nice and loud. You're what? Your sins are forgiven you. And it blew the minds of the religious people because they're like, what is he doing? Only God can forgive sins. Well, okay. So, so we saw there that Jesus made a direct connection. Now, let me clarify this because I know I saw the, I saw the light bulb go off in some people's eyes. This does not mean that every time a person is sick that they personally sinned. Are you, are you got that? Because yes. uh, I don't want a bunch of Pharisees running around saying, oh, you're sick. You must have sinned in your life. Jesus was talking in general terms that sickness came into the earth because sin came into the earth. When you take care of the sin issue, then spiritually speaking, in the realm of the spirit, sickness and disease no longer has the legal right to attach itself 
to a born again child of God. Are you getting this? Now, if we don't know that, then we can't enforce that. Okay? Are you with me? Okay, let me know because I can't move on unless you're with me. You got that. So we saw the connection between sin coming into the world and sickness and disease having legal right to come into the world. Okay, good. So I don't have to spend too much time there. Okay. So we also talked about the fact that, um, uh, let's see, that healing is an important topic. It should never be separated as a separate doctrine. It's part of what Jesus did on the cross, okay? In fact, we talked about that, that, that the, the, just the whole concept of Jesus healing proved that he was the Messiah, Now, that might not mean a lot to you and me because we're here, we're in the 21st century, we're in the Western church, but to an Israeli person, to a Jewish person 2,000 years ago, they're looking for this Messiah to come, and they have a checklist. Every Jew had a checklist of what to look for. That's why Jesus would say when he cleansed the lepers, go show yourself to the priests and make the sacrifice that Moses commanded. Okay, what was that for? So that the priest would know, wait a second, there's a guy healing lepers? Oh, that, that checks one of the boxes. Uh, oh, there's somebody healing the blind? They're opening up deaf ears? Mutes are speaking? The, the crippled are walking? And they're checking off the list thinking, okay, so this means this person could possibly be the Messiah. Okay, so listen, re- remember we started off with Psalm, excuse me, Isaiah 35, verse 3. Strengthen the weak hands and make... Make firm the feeble knees. Say to those who are fearful hearted, be strong, do not fear. Behold, your God will come with vengeance, with recompense of God who will come and save you. Verse 5, here's the Messiah. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened and the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. Then the lame shall leap like a deer and the tongue of the dumb shall sing for the water shall burst forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. That's talking about the Holy Spirit. Okay, so we saw already that we have evidence enough from the word of God to formulate, that is, if you go back and listen to all these messages, the 100% that it is God's will for us to be healed. 100% that it's God's will for us to be healed. I got some amens over here. I got a couple over there. I got a few grunts. It's 100% certain from the word of God that it is God's will for us to be healed. Now, Now, some of you hesitated because you thought to yourself, well, that hasn't been my experience. And you remember what I talked about a couple weeks ago, in fact, two weeks in a row. You cannot, you can't determine whether God's will to heal is true or not based on your experience or somebody else's life experience. You, you got that? Okay, because you're always gonna hear somebody say, well, my grandmother went to church every day and she gave millions of dollars to the church and then she got sick and died. Well, your grandmother was 104 years old. You can't base that on the life experience, okay? Is it God's will for anybody to go to hell? No. Do people go to hell? Yes. So then God's will doesn't always come to pass, does it? Because it requires our cooperation. Are you getting this? Good, okay, good. I'm just trying to review here to get us to the place. We, we also talked about these past few weeks that Jesus' ministry is three-part or tripart in nature. Jesus' ministry comprised of Let's do it again. Okay, you guys forgot already. Preaching, teaching. Get the hands up. You're not getting the hands. Get the hands up. Preaching, teaching, healing. Let's do it again. Preaching, teaching, healing. Now, why are we doing this? 
Good, you got it. Okay, good. So, Matthew chapter 9, verse 30. Well, I don't have to go there. We, we know that, okay? Uh, now, Jesus' healing power flowed through the disciples as they carried on his ministry. Now we're starting to come into the next phase of this teaching. Now it's time for us to start realizing and understanding and grasping what is our part to play in his preaching, teaching, healing. Because there's a whole lot of sick people around. Matthew chapter 10, verse 5. These 12 Jesus sent out and commanded them, saying, commanded them, did not suggest, commanded them, saying, do not go into the way of the Gentiles, do not enter the city of the Samaritans. In other words, start with your own people first. Now, that's what he told them. He elevated that later on. We'll talk about that later. Don't, don't say, well, Jesus said, uh, I should just keep it to my own people. No. Okay, this is what he told them. They were just starting, okay? But go rather, verse 6, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And as you go, preach saying, preach saying. So it's important what we're saying when we're going to preach. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick. Look what he, look what he does. Look what he does. He goes, preaching, what message? Kingdom of heaven is at hand. And then immediately goes into what? Healing. <laughs> you seeing it? So, but the church has separated all this stuff for, for hundreds of years. It's not supposed to be separated. Preaching, teaching, healing. Okay, you getting this? I'm, I'm going to emphasize this because I believe with all my heart that the Spirit of God is wanting to shift the church, the body of Christ, into a whole new realm, a whole new uh, momentum, a whole new way of doing things, okay? Not just, hi, God wants to bless you, but he's got a wonderful plan for your life. No, you're sick. It's obvious you're sick. You're limping. You're whatever. God wants to heal you. God, what if they think I'm crazy? They already think you're crazy. So what difference, what difference does it make? Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. You getting this? Yes. So he's transferring this to the disciples. How many disciples do we have in here tonight? Just a few. How many disciples do we have in here tonight? Okay. Mark chapter 16, verse 15, some of the last words that Jesus spoke on earth. You ready for this? Some of the very last words that Jesus spoke on earth to his disciples, and in turn, he's talking to us. And he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And he who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. Verse 17, and these signs will follow those who believe. How many believers we have in here tonight? In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents if they drink anything deadly or by no means hurt them. Read the rest of it together with me nice and loud. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. They will recover. These words carry down to us today. Jesus said, go lay hands on the sick and see them recover. Hallelujah, Pastor Joe. Well, this is wonderful. Amen. 
See, now you, you're hesitant and you got quiet because it's not that you don't believe that Jesus said this and it's not that you don't believe that would happen. You just don't know if it'll happen through you. And we're gonna get to that. We're gonna get to that. Okay? All right, so John chapter 14, let's go there. Verse six. I want to put this all in context. Normally, I would just go right to verse 12, but I want to put it in context. Verse 6, Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. He's talking to Philip. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. And from now on, you know him and have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and it's sufficient for us. And Jesus said to him, have I been so long? Have I been with you so long, yet you do not know me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father. So how can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father in me? The words that I speak to you, I do not speak of my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does the works. It's the Father who dwells in us that does the work. Turn to somebody and say, it's the Father that dwells in us that does the works. Believe me that I'm in the Father and the Father in me, else believe me for the sake of the works themselves. Verse 12, here's what I wanted to get to. Most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these will he do, because I go to my Father. Jesus is saying to them, listen, you've seen me do wonderful things, but you're gonna do even more of this, okay? Why? Because he's going to the Father, And there's a whole lot more of us than there was of him. But you see, if you don't see yourself in this, you're never going to do the works that Jesus did. And listen, we're going to get to heaven. And I keep saying this, there's going to be an award ceremony. And we're going to have to give an account for the things that we did here. Paul said for the things that we did in the body. That means here on earth. I don't say that to bring condemnation. I don't say that to bring any sense of heaviness, but to raise the level of awareness. If Jesus tells you to do something, he's not going to forget about it when we get to heaven. And if he's telling us that we're supposed to do greater in number the works that he did, and we're just holding back or just spectating or coming to church to feel good, and we're not actively... Listen, the body of Christ... The family of God is, this isn't a spectator sport. We're all supposed to be actively involved. Okay? You you getting this? Yeah, I can tell you like that one. Verse 13. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Do I want to go there? It's directly connected you know, we have this habit of what we do as Christians. We, we find a scripture, we like the way it sounds, we pull it off the page, and we forget that it's connected to other things. So we'll, we'll tell people, hey, listen, hey, we're gonna pray for this thing. You need a car? You need a bigger house? Yeah, we're gonna pray because Jesus said, whatever you ask in my name, he'll do it. In fact, in fact, if you look at the original language, it seems to indicate he's saying, and if it doesn't exist, I'll make it. So we get all hepped up on that, but we're not realizing that that verse 13, hey, hey, do the spectacular. Verse 13 comes after verse 12. Yeah. 
Do you see that? It's verse 12, and then what? Verse 13. Verse 13 is not a separate thought. It's connected to verse 12. And in verse 12, he said, if you want to go back to the old King James thing, verily, verily, I say unto he who believes in me, the works that I do shall he do also, and greater works shall he do, because I'm going to the Father. Right after that, and whatever you ask in my name, that I'll do for you. Are you getting this? He wants us to do the greater works in his name. When we use his name, when we pray for someone, when we, when I'm getting ahead of myself. When we lay hands on the sick in the name of Jesus, he said, whatever you ask in my name, that I will do. Are you getting it? Don't ever let the devil lie to you that when you have the chance to pray for somebody, the thought's going to come into your head, you can't do this. You, look at, you know, you didn't have a read your Bible in three weeks and you haven't been to church. And when was the last time you prayed in tongues? And, and the thoughts start coming to do what? To neutralize you from being obedient. It has nothing to do with you. I remember when we were in Bible school. And, and in Bible school, and that's where Keisha just came from. She came from, from Rama, from Bible school. Okay. And, uh, Keisha, do they still do in the second year? You preach at the beginning of the year and then you preach again at the end of the year? I wasn't a pastor, so I didn't have that time. Oh. <laughs> Doesn't everybody do that? Everybody used to, right? And when we went, everybody used to. Okay, so forget about Keisha. <laughs> listen, listen. The first couple of weeks of the second year of Bible school, you have to preach. And then the students critique who's preaching. Not, not a lot of pressure there. So there was a young man who actually came from New Jersey. He came from the other side, like near the Trenton area. And he did a spectacular job. Spectacular job. I wrote his name down, put it in my notes, have this guy come to your church, okay, in the future, you know. But then when we got to the end of the year, I'm waiting for him to come up because I was on the front row doing the, the, it was my turn to do the critique. And I'm waiting for this young man to come up and come up and I don't see him coming up. It's like three days before graduation. And we were in uh, assembly and I saw him and I went over and I said, bro, I've been waiting for you to preach. You did such a fantastic job. Now I, I asked to be excused. Why? I just don't feel like I'm, I'm right there with God right now. I said to him, uh, brother, this ain't about us. This isn't about you. This isn't about whether you feel like you're qualified or not. This is God gave you a voice. He didn't say when you feel good, when things are going okay, when you feel like you're really good with God, that's when you preach. Dear God, I'd never get up here. You understand what I'm saying? We, 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 we de depend on the grace of God to bring us to that place where we do the things that God said out of obedience. Are you listening to me? Because some of you went tilt with that. Like, oh, I don't know. I don't, I don't think he should have preached if he's not right. We're not talking about gross sexual immorality here. He's just like, I just don't feel like, like I'm, I'm right, you know, I'm re really, you know, hooked up and connected with God right now. How many of you feel hooked up and connected with God every single day? 
Like there's no doubt whatsoever in your mind. Nuts and God bless you. Then please come up here and finish the message. <laughs> verily, verily, I say unto you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, will he do also, and greater works than these will he do, because I go to my Father. And what are the great works that we see in Jesus' ministry? You ready? Preaching, teaching, healing. We're going to do the same works, the same as Jesus' ministry. We will do more because he went to the Father. He said, he, you know Jesus is not on earth right now, right? You know he's in heaven. Right? He's the right hand of the Father. Who's here? Okay, good. All right, so... All right, let me go to the scripture here. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. I know this is a lot of people's really, really favorite scripture. Now, let's put it in the context of what we're just talking about. For we are his workmanship. If you look that up in Greek, it's custom-crafted masterpiece. One of a kind masterpiece. Created, really should say recreated, in Christ Jesus for what? which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Okay, now, when we read this, normally, especially if you're reading it with an American mentality, we think, oh, so that's like my special gifting. That's like me, my unique uh, ability to, and then you fill in the blank. And, and, And to an extent, that's true. But Jesus told us what the works are that he prepared for us beforehand that we should walk in. We're supposed to be following his ministry. Are you getting this? Yes. We're supposed to have somebody that we are inspiring, that's preaching, somebody that we're inspiring with the word of God to take their place in Christ. We should have some type of, uh, at least some ability or at least a relationship that we can teach someone in or mentor someone or pour into, okay? Yes? And then there's the healing part. I believe with all my heart, and I've seen it even from personal experience in 37 years of being a Christian, not just in my life, but in other people's lives, if you will step into the John 14, 12, then you'll get the privilege of experience in Ephesians 2, 10. You getting this? Are are you getting this? Okay. It's like if you put his stuff first then he'll let you blend in your stuff along with it so that your flavor, your creativity, your personality, that God will use that all to do those works so that they're not in competition with each other. Are we catching this? Because sometimes our giftings can come in competition with, but you know, know, I want to do this. Yeah, okay, but let's do the basics first. Are you listening? Yes. Okay, good. Good. So, Ephesians 2.10 says that we were recreated by Christ, in Christ, for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should do. So, personally, let me share something personally. When I pray for, Tom, come up here. When I pray for the sick, just stand over here. I don't feel like coming down here. Yeah, no, this, no just, this is good. Just face me. When I pray for the sick, come here. Don't make me stretch. <laughs> This is how I'm praying. 
Now, I'm not saying you're going to do it exactly this way. I'm just saying, Father, I'm doing what you commanded, what Jesus commanded us to do. Jesus, you said that we should lay hands on the sick and that they would recover. Now, Tom has come up here by faith. I'm coming up here by faith. I'm laying hands on him in faith. I'm doing this in obedience to your word. So, Father, we have an expectation that this is going to come to pass. But what I'm thinking on the inside, and I don't need to say this out loud to him, is this is what I was recreated for in Christ Jesus. This is the work that was prepared beforehand that I should walk in. Okay? Now, it doesn't mean that's personal to me. In other words, I'm, I'm not the only one. Every one of you in this room that is a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ and has been born again and has the Spirit of God living in you, you already are equipped for this. It's not something where you got to go to three classes and five this. And No, you lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. This is what you were born again for. If that wasn't the case, thank you. If that wasn't the case, it wouldn't have been amongst the major things that Jesus spoke before he ascended into heaven. Do you understand when somebody's leaving, they're going to share with you the most important things you need to know. Yes? yes? You remember how many times have I taught about the Last Supper? John chapter 13 through John chapter 17 is some of the most important chapters in the Gospels. Why? Jesus knows he's going to the cross the next day. So what's he doing? He's not going to sit there and talk with them about what the Yankees are doing this year. He's saying to them, what did he share with them? Love and the Holy Spirit. Love and the Holy Spirit. What are the marks of the church in the New Testament? Love and the Holy Spirit. If you take the Holy Spirit out and just have love, if you just have the Holy Spirit, and believe me, I've seen that. Holy Spirit, gifts, gifts, prophecies, oh, strong anointing, but no love, it's out of whack. So the same way, if you're only, well, I'll teach Sunday school, but I don't know about that praying for the sick. No, that's not Jesus' ministry. Jesus' ministry is preaching, teaching, healing. You got it? Acts chapter 3, verse 1. How are we doing? Oh, we're good. Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms, in other words, he's begging, from those who entered the temple. I know this is a familiar story, but I want to walk you through it. Who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms. And fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, look at us. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. But what he's going to receive is not what he was expecting. Okay? Then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have. But what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. And immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. So he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple with them, walking, leaping, and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. When Peter and John healed this man, they were doing what they were created for. You getting this? Silver, he said, I left my wallet home. This is what basically, I left my wallet home. But such as I have, I give. In other words, money isn't going to help you right now anyway. If money could have helped you, you would have been helped already. But what I have on the inside is what you really need. Benefit. What Peter was saying was, here, Come and benefit from my equipment. 
You getting this? Okay, now we're talking about healing. But you and I are equipped to bring benefit to everybody we come across. If we will become mindful of this, how about in our relationships if we start seeing ourselves equipped? And, and going into relationships, watch it, this is going to be a, a major shift here. Going into relationships, not for what we can get out of the relationship, but what we can bring into the relationship. How about, could you imagine what would happen to our relationships if we shifted gears on that? Because a lot of times, this is, what, this is how we describe a person. Okay, Tom, you and I have talked about this. No, you don't have to come up here. That's right, that's right, ready to jump. No, you don't have, no, that, that's good. Stay there, stay there. How many times do you hear people say, oh, so-and-so, wonderful person, will do anything for you? Oh, so they're only a wonderful person when they could do anything for you. When they stop doing everything for you, do they cease being a wonderful person? You see, now that's the mentality of a person that goes into a relationship for what they can get, not for what they're going to add. So-and-so, oh, she's, she'll give you the shirt off her back. Well, what, what, what happens when she stops? She's no longer a wonderful person. You hear what I'm saying? We need to measure the motives of our heart when, we, when we're in relationship with people. Are you getting this? Because this stuff works. It's not just for healing. It's for everything. Do you realize that you have been not only commissioned and ordained and equipped to bring healing, but you've also been commissioned and ordained and appointed and anointed to bring forgiveness? Yeah, we don't want to talk about that one. You see what I'm saying? But what is it all hinged upon? What do you see yourself having been recreated for? And the main things we see from the Gospels and from the words of Jesus, starting off with, is preaching, teaching, healing. Main components of his ministry. That's what we're supposed to follow. But we can also bring healing to brokenhearted people. We can also bring healing to relationships that are disconnected. We can also bring healing... Uh, to people who have been traumatized. So don't, don't just make this healing, 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 physical healing, sickness, disease, cancer, COVID, whatever, okay? Because you, you'll box yourself in and you won't see that this is all encompassing. Because really, when you come down to it, it's, it's the matter of the heart. And Peter grasped the situation. He's like, you want money. You're asking me for money. If money was gonna do it for you, you would have been, been walking years ago. This guy's been lame from the time he's born. If money was going to make a difference, it would, have, it would have happened already. He's saying, but what I have, I want to give to you. Why? Because Peter recognized this is what I have been recreated for. It's to bring relief. It's to bring healing. It's to bring the person and the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. Are you getting this? Sometimes that's all people need. Acts chapter 14, verse 8. And in Lystra, a certain man without strength in his feet was sitting, a cripple from his mother's womb, here we go again, who had never walked. This man heard Paul speaking. This man heard Paul speaking. This man, you, you're starting, some of you are getting it. This man, what? Heard Paul speak. What is Paul speaking? He's talking about the anointed one. He's talking about Christ. He's talking about the Messiah. 
okay? And that built faith into this man. And Paul observing him intently and seeing that he had faith to be healed. Next verse. Said with a loud voice, stand up straight on your feet. And he leaped and walked. Okay? What happened here? Now when the people saw what, now when the people saw what Paul had done, they raised their voices saying in the Lyconian language, the gods have come down to us in the likeness of men. Now, was that true? No. But they saw something. My point to you tonight is this. Could you please look at me and listen closely? When you walk in what you have been recreated for, it affects people's lives around you. Paul spoke. The man received. Faith was in him to be healed. When the man jumped up and leapt and walked, the people came to a conclusion. Something supernatural has just happened here. Yes or no? Okay, are we not supernatural individuals? Yes. We're not mere people anymore. You have the spirit of the living God living on the inside of you who's come to heal, who's come to bring joy, who's come to bring comfort, who's come whatever a person needs. We have it on the inside. And it seems like, you ever notice sometimes you seem like you have it more for somebody else than you even have it for yourself? So, so Paul, when he healed this man, was just doing what he had been recreated for. It gets people's attention. No ordinary man could have done this. That's what they came to the conclusion. This is not an ordinary man. This is somebody special. This is someone who's operating supernaturally. So they came to the conclusion, they're gods. No, look, look at me. We are not gods, little Jade. We are gods. We belong to him. You get the difference? We're not gods, little J. We are gods. We belong to him. You catching this? And when we walk in that, it gets the attention of individuals, not because we want attention for us, but so that we can point them to Christ. We have been appointed. We are commissioned. We are anointed to carry out the work that Jesus started. Paul knew who he belonged to. When he's in that boat, when they're in that storm being tossed all over the Mediterranean, Acts chapter 27, verse 23, he said, last night an angel of God to whom I belong and whom I serve stood beside me and went on to give instruction to the people in the ship. Paul knew who he was. Paul knew who he belonged to. Listen to me, church. If we will start focusing on who we belong to and who he has made us in relationship with himself, we will not hesitate to lay hands on the sick and see them recover. We will not hesitate to take every opportunity to pour into somebody else's life with the word of God. You listening to me? Okay. So, I'll say this again. When we conduct ourselves in the purpose we were recreated for, even the people around us get affected. Let me ask you this question. I posted this online today, but I don't think it, I don't think it came across the way it should have. When you gave your life to Jesus, who was affected? Don't answer out loud. Who was affected by your decision? Who was affected? Think about the people that God put in your path for you to speak to. Who were the people around you that noticed that there was a change, that noticed that there was something different? 
Now let me ask you this question. Who has not yet been affected that's in your life? Who has not yet been affected? Who, I'm talking to, I know I'm talking to some people tonight. Who has God put you on assignment for that you have not answered that call? What individuals in your life that you were supposed to go to, talk to, witness to, pray for them that you have not yet? James chapter 5, verse 14. Is anyone among you sick? I'm going to ask you that question. Is anyone in your life, anyone in your sphere of influence, anyone in your family, anyone in your neighborhood, are they sick? Goes on to say, let them call for the elders of the church. And so we think, well, that's that's my out. I'm not an elder. So 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 let, let's call pastor. Let's call Pastor Mike. Let's call Pastor Rick. Let's call Pastor Tom. Let's let's call Pastor Beth. Let's let's get one of them. No. The sick person is among you. It's somebody that's in your life. We might not have a relationship with them. You already have a relationship with them. So, so think about this context. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church. Let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick. And the Lord will raise him up. And if he's committed sins, he'll be forgiven. Going right back to where we started. Forgiveness of sins. Disconnection from sickness and disease. Mark 16, he said, go lay hands on the sick and see him recover. Okay, pastor, but that's for the elders of the church. Okay. Stand up, everybody. I am commissioning you. I am charging you. I am appointing you as elders of the church. Okay, now don't go walk around and go buy yourself a a, a name tag, elder so-and-so, because I'll rip it off your shirt. You know what I'm talking about. I'm commissioning you. I'm appointing you. I want to raise you to a different level of awareness tonight. If you have a hand at least one. If you are a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, you have the Holy Spirit of God living within you. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. And it goes on to say that it'll quicken your mortal, bring bring you to life. But guess what? It'll also bring somebody else to life. You have the Holy Spirit living in you. You have the word of God in you. You have already have received by delegated authority, the name of Jesus. Go do something with that. Go do something with that. Go find somebody. You have people within your household that are sick. Go pray for them. Go, go just, well, I don't know what to say. God will show you what to say. And then, really, he didn't say, say anything. He just said, lay hands. He didn't tell us to say, we do it. We, we lay hands and pray. He just said, lay hands. 
But of course, you know, pray so that the person hears that prayer. God will honor. Jesus is going to honor your obedience. But if you don't give him anything to work with, there's nothing for him to honor. Take the step of faith. I'm talking to myself as much as I'm talking to you. This is what we've been recreated for. I guarantee you, if you start doing this, you'll start seeing the door open for you to not only minister healing, but to minister salvation to them. Amen. Amen. I'm going to pray over every single one of you. I don't mean individually. I mean in one group. And I believe God for the anointing of the Holy Spirit to rise up in you. Not fall upon you because he's already in you. That you would have the boldness. That you would open your mouth and speak in faith. And you will release the power of God to heal whoever that person or persons, families that God puts in your path. Amen? Amen. Lift your hands up. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord God. Lord, I'm doing this because I believe you instructed this. I believe that you dropped this in my heart today. Now, Father, I pray over every single individual that's here tonight that the Spirit of God would rise up on the inside, that we would have a supernatural awareness and alertness to those around us. Father, because sometimes when people walk around, it looks like everything's okay, but they're sick on the inside. That we would know by the gifts of the Spirit, by the Spirit of God in us, that we would know this person's sick. You need to pray for them. And Father, I pray that the gifts of the Spirit would be in operation, even the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, the ability to hear from you exactly what the condition would be in that individual. And that we, all of us, Father, would have the boldness to say, can I pray for you? I believe that if I pray for you, that Jesus said you would be healed. Father, I pray that each one right now, that equipment would be released on the inside, that they would have a sense of being commissioned and a sense of being appointed, that from this night forward, they will see themselves different. This is the reason you recreated us, to carry on your ministry. Lord Jesus, it's an honor. We're privileged, Lord to carry on the ministry that you began on this earth. We have full confidence, God, that you're going to back up your promise. And when we lay hands on the sick, they shall recover. We bless you tonight, Father. We receive this in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen Amen. and amen and amen.